let the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come let the children come. Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God.
Some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Peter, we're glad you're here, Peter. Did you get the money out of the fish's mouth? Yes, John, just as the master directed. While you were gone, the master asked us a question. Well, none of you, I gather, could answer it, and you want me to. Oh, no, no, we... Well, everything seems different now than it did as we were coming here, discussing among ourselves who would be the greatest in the kingdom, remember? We... Well, the master seemed to know that we were discussing who should be the greatest, and we... We were ashamed and did not answer him. Just what did the master ask? His exact words were, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves, by the way? I, uh, <clears throat> well, Jesus is our master. He is kind and considerate. He loves us and realizes we do not have the deep understanding of his kingdom that he has. He, well, I'm going in and ask him a question. If it's a wrong question, he'll forgive me. Master, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Go get thy brethren, Peter, and bring them hither and gather about me. Yes, master. If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. Well, this, this is a mystery, Master. We understand it not. Go forth, Peter, and bring unto me a child. Yes, Master. Uh, Master, while Peter's gone, may we await his return in the outer room. My beloved, be wise, study and meditate on my word that ye may know me and understand my kingdom. Yes, Master. Shall be last a servant. I think I may know the Master's meaning. Oh, tell us, Matthew. Matthew, you are old enough, wise, and educated. You should be able to figure out the Master's meaning if any of us can. Well, to understand it, we'll have to think along entirely new lines. The kingdom of Jesus is a kingdom in which our master shall be king and lord over all. Is our master like any other man you've ever known? No, of course not. He's kind. He never gets angry, loves everyone, has more power in one word than any man or king ever had in entire armies. His As a king is, so shall his kingdom be. A kingdom of kindness, love, and... A good example of what I'm trying to explain exists, I think, in Satan. When he was above all the angels, second only to the Son of God in the courts of heaven, he became jealous and envious and desired to be the first in heaven, even to an equality with God. 
and this led to his downfall and banishment from heaven. He desired to be first, but instead became last. He possesses people, and the master merely speaks, and the evil one comes out of him whom Satan has possessed. I understand that, but... You said, Matthew, that as the king is, so shall his kingdom be. And so it is. The master is just the reverse of Satan. He desires no outward glory or power or honor. He's the lowliest of the low, the humblest of the humble. Yet while he is above all, he's the servant of all. A servant? The master? Well, now, does he do anything for himself? No, he goes about serving others, making them well, comfortable, happy. He serves mankind. Yet he has no place to lay his head. He is creator and lord of all the universe, and so shall his kingdom be. Oh, I don't quite understand. You Yet... don't quite understand what, John, my young friend? Well, Matthew was trying to explain the kingdom of heaven, but Jesus I... is about to make that clear to us through this little child. By the way, my boy, these men are all my friends. Hello. 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 Jesus is inside. He wants to meet you. This is Jesus, my child. Hello, Jesus. Blessings be upon thee, my child. Gather ye all round about me. Come, my child, into my arms. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Whosoever shall receive one such child in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believeth in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Do not take the Lord's name in vain.
I love to listen to Mrs. Peterson practice the organ. So soothing. And what are you doing here on a warm Wednesday afternoon? I wanted to ask you a question about last week's sermon. Okay. You said that prayer is really important, right? Right. Well, if God knows everything about us and knows exactly what we need, why do we need to pray? Wow, Hannah, I am proud of you. You really listened to my sermon. I'll bet you're thinking about the text I read in Matthew that says that God sends rain on both the just and the unjust, those who love him and those who don't. The just pray, the unjust don't. But both receive the gift of rain. So if God is going to do things for us anyway, why ask him for stuff? It would be like me saying to my mom, please give me breakfast. She's going to fix me breakfast whether I ask for it or not because she loves me. Exactly. Your mom and God act out of love and love doesn't require anything of the other person. So maybe asking God for things isn't how we should always pray. What do you do when your mom fixes you a delicious breakfast? I say, hey, thanks, mom. Great oatmeal. And? And that's what I should say to God. Thank you for your blessing. Now you're on the right track, Hannah. Our prayers should reflect our gratitude for the many blessings God has given us even when we don't ask for them. Sometimes we get so busy wishing for things we don't have that we forget to thank God for the many blessings we've already received. The next time I pray, I'm going to do a lot more thanking and a lot less asking. And I'm going to thank God for young people who actually listen in church. That's a real blessing. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Sir Weasel to the Rescue by Melissa Bowen. I did a double take at the glass of water I had been drinking. You just wait, Stephen, I screamed, and I meant it. My older brother had just brought me a glass of water to make up for shoving my face into a pillow and tickling my feet that morning. Make up, ha! The little weasel had stuck a dead ant into the ice, hoping I'd chomp on it. Luckily, I hadn't, but it was a close one, too close. Just because he's older and stronger doesn't mean he's smarter, I thought. I had to do something. I was determined to beat him at his little game. I decided that the best way to get him back was to return his trick with one of my own, except mine would be grosser, stickier, slimier, and better. Hey, Stephen, do you want to go play with me at the creek, I called? All I needed to do was get him in a vulnerable position, and wham, he'd be up to his ears in mud before he could say, What crayfish? I slyly congratulated myself on such a brilliant strategy. At the creek, we jumped from rock to rock. Stephen was looking for the best place to find crayfish, and I was looking for the most mud. Finding the perfect location was difficult, but we settled on a nice little cove by the stream bed. We sat down on the rocks, glaring at each other. Stephen finally broke the silence by snarling, You're too sissy to catch a crayfish. You'd probably scream if one pinched you. I laughed at his attempt to phase me. Watch me, I said with an attitude. The race began. We splashed into the water, yanking up rocks, hoping to find the little critters. I was getting so involved that I almost forgot the real reason for coming to the creek. I glanced over at Stephen, standing in the water. Perfect. He was bending down over a large rock that happened to be covered in gooey mud. Sneaking up on Stephen was harder than I expected. Walking on tiptoes in a bubbling creek is tough. Every time I pulled my foot out of the water, it would tingle, and every time I put my foot back in the water, it splashed. I soon realized that I needed a new tactic. I scanned the terrain around the cove we were playing in. My eyes rested on a small ledge. It was on the bank of the river, right above where Stephen was intently digging for crayfish. I knew that this was going to be the only chance for a surprise attack. As quietly as possible, I eased my way out of the creek and climbed up the slope to the ledge. I looked down at the innocent victim. I'll just jump on him and wrestle him into the mud, I thought. Just as I was about to lunge onto his vulnerable form, I heard a rock hit the ground next to me. And another, and another. I looked across the creek bed and up the hill. The neighborhood bully stood there amid a group of his followers. Ha ha, look at you, kid. I'm going to beat you up. Jason's taunts hit my ears as rocks hit the water. I forgot all about my brother and the crayfish in my bucket. I just wanted to escape. I tried to find a way off the ledge. How did I get up here? I thought frantically. The closer Jason came toward me, the better his aim was. Suddenly, I felt arms pulling me. I was being dragged through the bushes, away from Jason and his crew. Then I was thrown to the ground, my brother landing right on top of me. I jerked myself out from under him. What are you doing? We've got to get out of here. Just as I said the words, I noticed blood oozing from the back of Stephen's head. I realized that a rock meant for me had hit Stephen when he intervened on my behalf. I looked down at the muddy form of my hero. Well, you got your wish. He's covered in mud, I thought. I couldn't bring myself to laugh the sinister laugh I'd been practicing for the occasion. 
not when my brother was lying on the ground, bleeding because of me. I knelt down next to him in the mud. Stephen? No answer. I started to panic. What if Jason's rocket hit him so hard that he died? I didn't want to think about it. My parents rushed Stephen to the local hospital. The doctors had to shave his head and give him stitches. I sat in the waiting room the entire time. When he came out of the emergency room, he looked pretty doped up. Hey there, partner, he said in slurred speech. He was grinning a slobbery smile. What did they do to him? I whispered to anyone who might have an answer. I'd never seen my brother in such a state of helplessness. It's the medicine I gave him for the pain, said the white-coated doctor supporting Stephen. The pain will eventually go away, but he's going to have a pretty nasty scar for the rest of his life. Here, help him to the car. I reached out and put my arm around his waist to support him, an ironic ending to the revenge plot I'd had in mind. Then a thought hit me. Stephen's scars are like Jesus' scars. My brother had saved me from Jason just as Jesus saved all of us from Satan. And just as Jesus still has his scars from the cross, Stephen would always have a scar on the back of his head. With that in mind, I had to rethink my opinion of the weasel. If he hadn't shoved me out of the way, I would have needed major surgery to reconstruct my nose. Suddenly, the weasel had become a knight. My knight in muddy armor. have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.